compre sin visitar Emporio. What it do, you filthy cardboard degenerates? Did you miss me? I missed me. Oh, time to open up the Red Bull. Oh, here it is. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. It's fuel for the soul. The almighty Jin has returned from his long but well-deserved vacation to bring all of you yet another riveting chapter of the playground. I forget how fun these podcasts are to do. You know, every once in a while, I get a wild hair up my ass to turn on the microphone and spit the truth. Well, the truth the way I see it. I mean, is there any other brand of truth out there except mine? Really? We have a fabulous show for you today, filled with gorgeous bikini-clad girls, steaming hot tubs, ice-cold champagne, and other glamorous prizes, and they're all waiting to be yours here on Jin's Playground. For those of you who are new to the show, the name is Nick Bonham, a.k.a. The Omnipotent Jin. That's right, omnipotent. I find it good to change adjectives up every once in a while when describing myself. Almighty one day, the immortal the next. Today, let's try omnipotent and see how it fits. So far, it feels like a goddamn custom-made leather glove. I do a podcast every so often when I feel the time calls for me to pop out of the bottle. We talk about Magic the Gathering on this show. We also talk about other things that may or may not be suitable for younger listeners, i.e., this is not a child-friendly podcast, as every now and then I'll drop a bomb, and sometimes when I get fired up, I'll lay a trail of verbal napalm. So for those Playground Virgins listening right now, be on your guard. You have been warned. For those that feel credentials are important, I've been playing Magic uh, going for about 16 years now. In my Magic career, I've found my way onto the Pro Tour. Uh, I've twirled around the National Dance a couple of times. I've got a shiny Regionals Champion plaque. Uh, played in a bunch of Grand Prix, but you know what? I got to tell you, you know, from experience, folks, especially to those who are semi-new to the game. You know, I'm mainly talking to those Mountain Dew swilling guys who are snapping cards down in a dark basement somewhere, testing their balls off to get ready for the Pro Tour or whatever event they're preparing for. Just remember this: the journey is the thing. It's definitely not the destinations. I mean, the destinations are cool, but it's just one of the toppings on the pizza, if you know what I mean. So to kick things off, we're going to do a little segment that might be familiar to some of those really loyal listeners, but to others, this may be a brand spanking new experience for them. We call this little bit, Wizards of the Coast is... Hi. Meanwhile, at the Wizards of the Coast headquarters in Renton, Washington, behind the locked doors of a dark, secret, secured conference room... The powers that be are busy making their next educated and informed decision regarding the future of Magic the Gathering. But not before peeling off multiple bong rips of that sweet, sweet Buddha. <coughs> oh, man. So, we should, like, 
totally make a decision or something. Oh man, I concur. I'm totally down to make some worthy choices, man. Oh hey, pass me the double stuff Oreos, man. I need to get those cookies in my life right now. Alright, dude. Here you go, but listen. Don't go eating the middles and just leaving the cookie like last time. That shit pisses me off, man. It's not gonna be a problem, dude. So what were we talking about? Oh, <laughs> making some good decisions. Oh, let's totally do this, man. But first you gotta pass that pipe, bitch. <sighs> Don't call me a bitch, man. That kind of thing hurts my feelings. Sorry, man. Anyway, so, okay, so like... People are talking about our reprint policy, and the legacy format is starting to get really big, man. Oh, yeah. I like me some legacy. Right. Legacy is indeed a very cool thing. So, I was reading this book on business, and it says... Here, hold the pipe while I read this to you. Check this out. It says, To truly succeed... You must find a way to exceed the customer's expectations and do everything in your power not to disappoint them. What book is that, man? The things you're saying right now don't make a lot of sense, man. It kind of makes me sad all day. That book is probably written by some right-wing propaganda nut, dude. That, that thing was written by the man. Do we want to go and work for the man? I guess it depends on how much weed he's got. No, man. We don't need to work for the man. So here's what we're going to do. Anything that makes the players happy, we got to do the opposite of that. Yeah, but wait. Grand Prix Madrid got like 2,200 players, breaking all the records and tournament attendance stuff. And the format was Legacy. 2,200 players? No shit. Huh. Well, 2,200 players. Isn't that like all of the Magic players? Yeah, I think so. So they all showed up. They already have their decks. They don't need any more cool reprinted cards. Right. Good call, man. I gotta say, it feels really good making these kind of decisions. Yeah. Now that we're done with that, let's order up some righteous pad thai and watch Time Bandits. I'm on it, Kimosabe. And so it came to pass. The powers that be within Wizards of the Coast makes yet another mind-blowing and hugely popular decision with the players. This is Stu Rottencrotch saying so long for now. Uh, this is all a lot easier to swallow thinking that the decisions were made in this fashion and not sober with an educated and logical mind. I should be surprised by this, but I'm not. You know, it's not as if Wizards is a stranger to making disappointing decisions that negatively affect the players of their game. You know, Legacy sure looked like it would have been a lot of fun to play. Oh well. Moving right along. It's that time of the show that we talk about the card of the day. 
So after scanning prices and doing my general research on eBay, I've noticed the market price on Eye of Ugin skyrocket from bulk mythic to a $10 to $12 mythic. Uh, Star City is sold out at $9.99. I mean, this hike comes in the wake of the recently spoiled Eldrazi card, Kozilek Butcher of Truth, and I'd be willing to bet a lot of clams that this will be the, the Rise of Eldrazi pre-release promo card. So let me get this straight. At first blush, uh, these Eldrazi, they look like, it looks like an artifact, but it's not. It's an Eldrazi. It's a creature type, just like Sliver, just like Fairy, just like Oofy. There is a guess that this set is going to have a lot of colorless Eldrazi cards, hence Rise of the Eldrazi. So based on this prediction, uh, the price of Ayavugan has soared. But I got to wondering, you know, I mean, how good is Eye of Ugin? You know, it, it doesn't tap for mana at all. But due to its cost reduction on Eldrazi spells, one could argue that it doesn't need to. Uh, it would seem as if you would want to count it as a spell and not a land. Uh, and, you know, I'm never, ever going to underestimate a tutor ability. I mean, see Stoneforge Mystic if you have any doubts. And we have extremely limited information as to how many total Eldrazi spells there are going to be with this set. You know, based on the name, it's probably more than a few. Oh, maybe it's just me, but I think that the race to acquire four Eye of Ugin is pretty premature. I mean, I mean, it's an okay card, but still pretty linear. You know, one would need to have either 8 land in play or a combination of land and accelerants to use its search ability, and its cost reduction only applies to particular, you know, to a particular type of spell. And this seems to me more like of a, a, a Spine Rock Knoll is to Dragonstorm. You know, it's essential for a particular type of deck, but it's, it's virtually ass in every other deck you could play. You know, cards with limited application like this run hot and cold, but mostly it's cold. I mean, I guess it couldn't hurt to hold on to your Eye of Ugin, uh, or your Eyes of Ugin. And we've only seen a couple of dudes from this new set so far, and, and from the sound of things, based on the wording of Eye of Ugin, Eldrazi spells could apply to more than just Eldrazi creatures. You know, there could potentially be Eldrazi artifacts, uh, enchantments, and so on. But, you know, I'd have a hard time disagreeing with you if you wanted to offload your Eyes of Ugin while the getting is good. Time to switch gears a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about something that I consider a real problem when it comes to the overall growth and health of our game. In a couple of words, I call them trade rapists. This is a very touchy subject with a lot of people, including myself. Uh, I have to choose my words carefully, but in essence, a trade rapist is someone who goes out there with the intent of ripping people off in a trade. And these are the people who feel the need to prey on people, sometimes children, who are newer to the game that may not really know the true value of their own cards. Now, this is a trading card game, and, and not every trade is going to be 100% balanced. You know, I know that. We all know that. You know, when I make a trade, uh, I will push it slightly so that I may get a bit better on the deal on a trade. I'd almost, I, you know, I'd expect most people 
who've done a lot of trading in the past, you know, they'll do this. And that's fine. But what if a trade is completely lopsided? You know, what if you are directly involved in a lopsided trade? Or indirectly involved in a trade where you walk by and you see a bad trade going down? Personally speaking, I do not see eye-to-eye with players who care more about the financial value of their cards than the overall long-term success of our game. Because of that, obviously, I am greatly opposed to Watsi's recent reprint policy decisions. Uh, Now, it's, it's not to say that I am indifferent to card values. You know, caring about card values is important. Uh, but it should never supersede the overall health of our game. You know, both the value of our cards and the vitality of our game are directly connected. You know, if one is thriving, the other one will too. If one dies, so will the other. So let's take a couple of scenarios here. You know, okay, so you're flipping through a trade binder of a player who maybe you're not totally familiar with, and you come across a Bane Slayer Angel. You know, you pull it out. This is roughly a $50 card. Uh, the other guy pulls out a Master of the Wild Hunt, which is roughly a $9, $10 card. Uh, he says to you, hmm, Mythic for a Mythic. Would you do this trade? So what do you do here? Depending on who you are, there are a couple things that may go through your mind. One thing could be, whoa, this guy is clearly a sucker. Pull the trigger on this now. You know, another thing might be, okay, this guy is obviously new to the game and doesn't know the value of their card, but I gotta tell him. I gotta, you know, let him throw something else into the trade. Let's say you walk by a table and see the same trade going down between one player you've seen around and another player who might be a new player in your community. What do you do? Are you compelled to get involved? Do you just leave it alone? Now, there are some exceptions. You know, lopsided trades could happen between two players where they are both okay with it. You know, maybe one guy is trying to fill a set and they don't care what they are giving up. You know, I've done trades kind of like that, where I I gave up more just to get my hands on the card that I need for a tournament that day. But the difference is that both of these players are knowledgeable of what they are doing and they're both happy with the trade. You know, and that's one of the biggest arguments uh, for trade rapists. You know, they're, they're going to say, hey, if both players are happy with the trade, then say la vie. But I'm not talking about two knowledgeable guys doing an uneven trade. I'm talking about someone who knows better taking advantage of someone who doesn't. You know, both parties may be happy at the time of the trade, but that feeling is fleeting once the guy finds out, you know, that he got screwed. So is ignorance really bliss? You know, would that player still be happy if they knew, you know, if they, they found out uh, that they could have acquired multiple copies of Master of the Wild Hunt for their Baneslayer Angel? You know, how peachy are they going to feel about their gaming community if they found out that this trade went down with everyone just standing by and letting it happen? Now, I don't want to sound too preachy, because God knows, I ain't no saint. But I'd hope that most of you listening would have the integrity to stop yourself and ask if what's going down is right or wrong. And do you have it in you to say to a player that doesn't know any better, look, I'll do this trade, but you should know that this card is worth a bit more than the card I'm giving up. 
Because I'll, I'll tell you this much, I, I think that most folks getting into this game would appreciate being a part of a community that is, is going to look out for them. You know, and, and the more people involved in our game, the better. So how do you guys feel about this? Uh, feel, feel free to post in the comments or write me at gentastic at gmail.com. And uh, I'd be really interested to hear what you all have to say about it. It's about that time for the Playground News and Community Calendar. Let's see what's on the Jin's cork board. This just in, U.S. Nationals will take place on the weekend of August 21st. Yeah. Which also happens to be the same weekend as the Star City Games 10K in Denver. So, it's made clear to me now that Wizards doesn't coordinate their event schedule with anyone including Star City Games. I don't expect uh, folks from Star City Games to listen, but here is my hope and plea. Please do anything and everything in your power to move the Star City Games 10K date. We know that Wizards won't budge on their date, but August is far enough out that you could move that date and allow everyone to participate in both Nationals and the Denver 10K. Pretty please. And a monster congratulations goes out to my boy Alex Smith and Josh Speranza. These two guys are the happy recipients of a blue envelope entitling them to participate in the frivolity known as Pro Tour San Juan. You might wonder where the almighty Jin's blue envelope is. Well, I suck at extended. I ain't gonna lie. But... The Pro Tour Amsterdam season is underway, and it's going to be all business for me from now on. I will qualify for Amsterdam. Hash bars, museums, and magic in Europe? Oh shit, son. The Immortal Gin has declared war on the standard format. Now, April 17th and 18th marks the rise of the Eldrazi pre-release weekend, and Front Range Magic will be hosting the massive event at a brand spanking new location, the Embassy Suites in Southeast Denver. This place is very, very nice. There will be two gunslingers in attendance, Toby Elliott, a level 5 judge and EDH committee member. Uh, they'll, uh, he'll be present uh, to throw it down, and of course... Channel Fireball columnist, Level 6 Pro, and Enchanted Grounds barista extraordinaire, Conley Woods, will be in the mix, taking on all comers. This is going to be a big event, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. For more information, head on over to www.frontrangemagic.com. So I'm doing something that folks had recommended to me a bit ago, and I'm going to give it a whirl. Jin's Playground has its own Facebook. You should, in theory, see the links in the show notes. Uh, so if you are a longtime loyal disciple of the Jinn, or uh, hell, you just like the show, feel free to join Jinn's Playground Facebook page and speak your mind. On it, I'll be pitching my own thoughts about magic news and happenings, as well as alerting y'all of upcoming episodes. Look forward to hanging with y'all. Now I'm going to take a moment from uh, pimping my own podcast to pimp someone else's. MTG Cast's own Monday Night Magic is going to be doing its 200th episode this upcoming Sunday, and it's going to be live. I mean, how awesome is that? 
I can honestly say that Monday Night Magic is easily one of the uh, one of, if not the largest reasons uh, I picked up the microphone in the first place and started doing my own podcast. Uh, Two hundred episodes in, I mean, just straight up gnarly. I know I'll be listening this Sunday, and and who knows? You know, I may just call in to congratulate the boys myself. Big ups to Tom and all the hosts of Monday Night Magic. Now looking ahead to the next episode of The Playground, we have something very special on deck. It won't be your typical playground. In this special episode, the omnipotent Jin will go mano a mano, head-to-head, one-on-one, with MTG Cast's favorite son, Conley Woods. Now, I'm pretty good buddies with Conley. He likes to watch me draft, make fun of me when I'm, you know, making bad picks. And, you know, when I make the good picks, he calls me a luck sack. Yeah, I can't win for losing with this guy. Now, some things you might not know about Conley. Did you know that the man is an amateur stand-up comedian? True story. And here's another little factoid about our hero, C-Dub. The guy gets exactly 53 billion emails a day asking him for advice on deck lists and what people should play at their next PTQ or FNM or fill-in-the-blank event. Now, obviously, he can't get to all of those emails. So what I'm going to do is break up the next episode uh, into two parts. One part of the episode is going to be fielding listener questions. Anything goes. You have questions about a deck, a specific card, uh, draft advice, uh, what are his top five females on his shag list, you know, why does Kobe Bryant suck so bad. You know, whatever you, you know, you'd like to know about Conley or ask of him, here's your chance. I'll read your questions on the air. If you have a question for Conley or myself, simply email it to me at gintastic at gmail.com. He won't be able to escape. He won't be able to plead the fifth. I will lock him down, put the brights on his ass, and force him to give us the answers we need. Now, in the second part of the episode, the two of us are going to go over the Rise of the Eldrazi spoiler. At least the cards that have been spoiled thus far. You know, I'm planning on this episode being published in mid-April, just a few days before the Rise of Eldrazi pre-release. So we're hoping that the majority of the cards will be out by then, and we can talk about the set. I'm really looking forward to doing this episode. I know Conley's stoked. It's going to be great. Uh-oh, we've reached that point in the show. Time for the shout-outs. I think it goes without saying that we got to give a super-sized shout-out to Wizards of the Coast for locking themselves into a policy where they will never reprint any physical reserved list card in a tournament legal version. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned, but the only never decision that a business should implement is to never disappoint the customer. Watsy is truly the exception to this rule, but hey, there is a silver lining to all of this. Think of all the money we're all going to save now that Legacy and Vintage are going to go away. I mean, if Watsy won't do anything to support these formats, why should I? Now, a big shout goes out to longtime friend and teammate Kenny York. The Mad Doctor has finally unplugged from World of Warcraft and is ready to rejoin the living. It will be truly exciting to see what kind of damage you can do in the near future. Welcome back, amigo. And last but not least, a huge shout goes out to all of the spouses and girlfriends of our magic-playing brethren. 
We often speak a different language, and at times we consume entire weekends to fiddle around in this hobby of ours. We have absolutely nothing but love for you. Remember that. Until next time, this is the Gin squeezing back in the bottle saying, If you haven't gone blind by now, you're just not trying hard enough. Peace! Peace!